Today is the first Sunday in Advent, and the Gospel reading appointed for this day is taken from the 21st chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel, beginning with the first verse. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. We read in Second Samuel chapter 7 that when King David wanted to build a temple for the Lord, the Lord declared to David through the prophet Nathan, Also the Lord tells you that he will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you, who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men, and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. Thus it was allotted to Solomon, David's son, to build the temple. But the Lord established an even greater promise for David's house, that David's line would reign forever. For thus the Lord de decreed, And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. Thus also we hear in the words of Jeremiah 33, which I read today. David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel, nor shall the priests, the Levites, lack a man to offer burnt offerings before me, to kindle grain offerings and to sacrifice continually. The promise has been fulfilled in the sending of the Christ, for Jesus was born of the house of David, the fulfillment of the promise made to David. And he is the everlasting king, so that there will never lack for one who will rule. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. So, too, the Christ is forever the high priest. For thus we read in Hebrews chapter 6 and 7, Jesus having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And again, Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek? and not be called according to the order of Aaron. For the priesthood being changed, of necessity there is also a change of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe, from which no man has officiated at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident if, in the likeness of Melchizedek, there arises another priest who has come, not according to the law of a fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life.
Thus Jesus is the everlasting King and Prophet, the fulfillment of the promise made unto King David, and the everlasting High Priest, not of the limited order of Aaron, but because he is both priest and the atoning sacrifice, a Savior of his people. This is the one concerning whom we have heard in today's Gospel reading that he rode into Jerusalem lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt the foal of a donkey. Behold the gentleness of the one who came to deliver us from sin and death. Jesus fulfills these astonishing promises given by God for the consolation of his people. And all this is accomplished in a way to bring comfort and consolation to the saints. As we reflect this day upon the coming of the Christ to Jerusalem, we behold our Redeemer in the days of his humiliation, when his divine glory was concealed. The promise given through the words of the prophet that the king would come in such deep humility, sitting on a colt, the foal of a donkey, sets the people at ease and fills their hearts with joy, so they would not be struck with terror as the Christ came to his city to accomplish the redemption of the world through the shedding of his blood. It is no accident that this gospel is used twice during the year, that we behold Jesus in this humility now, on this first Sunday of the church year, and then again on Palm Sunday at the beginning of Holy Week. In his holy ride into the city, we behold the essence of his coming in humility to accomplish our redemption. His glory concealed, the Christ bears our sins, the sins of the whole world, in his body, being crucified for us. For the last several weeks, our thoughts have been upon the return of the Christ at the end of the age, and the manner in which his sudden arrival will strike the hearts of men with fear and dread, as the Lord comes and gathers his saints to himself, while those who do not believe are judged. After all, we beheld the ten virgins, five of whom were wise and five who were foolish, of whom the foolish were not ready when the Lord came in the darkness of midnight. St. Paul thus warns us on this first Sunday of the new church year, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Thus we are warned each year to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Many generations in Israel awaited the birth of the Christ, but when he was born in humility in Bethlehem, there were few to acknowledge his arrival. Now, in the darkness of these latter days of the age, there are few who look with eager expectation for the return of the Christ in glory, unmoved by his profound humility, and seemingly unconcerned for their salvation. The vast majority of men give little real thought to the Lord at this time of year or at any other time of year. Each year, there are many Christians who are offended by the hardness of the world around us, which views this holy season as nothing more than a petty time of the marketplace. As the church knows this Advent season to be a time for repentance and preparation for the celebration of the Feast of the Nativity, the world wrings its hands over the facts and figures of Black Friday and wonders whether the marketplace will fare better this year than last. Well, now we know the answer to that, don't we? And what happens in the markets and marketplaces of this world is of little consequence. Though men imagine it to be a great thing, what matters far more is that which we consider today 
as we consider him who came to his city on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Truly, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly, as in the day, not in, revel in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. We should examine ourselves and thus see how we stand before the Lord on this day. What works are manifest in us? But we are tempted to return to the way of darkness. We are tempted to turn away from the light of life. The allure of the things of the world tempts the children of God to turn away from the everlasting truth to the seduction of the perishing things of this world. Revelry, drunkenness, lewdness and lust, strife and envy are certainly as grave perils to our souls as they were in the time of St. Paul. Satan attempts to make a mockery of this holy season. There are many who so e are easily caught up in these corrupting things. Against the temptations and corruptions of this fallen age, the Lord grants us his good gifts. Thus we read in the small quote articles concerning the gospel, which not merely in one way gives us counsel and aid against sin, for God superabundantly is superabundantly rich in grace, first through the spoken word by which the forgiveness of sins is preached in the whole world, which is the peculiar office of the gospel, second through baptism, thirdly through the holy sacrament of the altar, fourthly through the power of the keys, as also through the mutual conversation and consolation of brethren, so we read in Matthew 18, verse 20, where two or three are gathered together. Thus our risen and victorious Lord sustains his church. Our need was profound. It was necessary, if we were to be saved, that Jesus suffer and die for our, for our redemption. There was no greater sacrifice imaginable than that the Son of God, having become man, would suffer and die for the redemption of us sinners. The Lord did not withhold this grace from us, but willingly so suffered for us and for our redemption. And thus Jesus was born in great humility and came to Jerusalem, riding on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The measure of the sacrifice for us tells us of the peril posed to us through any compromise and surrender to sin. Terrible is the judgment which awaits those who would abandon this faith and return to the way which leads to death. But that we would be preserved alive and sustained in this hope, the Lord provides his holy gospel to us in so many ways through his means of grace, so that we would be sustained in this dark age. The people on that first occasion for joy spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. They had no offering befitting the coming of the everlasting king. But such as they had, faith responded, and with such means they greeted their Redeemer. We, though we are but a remnant in the midst of this age, offer up our palm branches as well, because of what Christ Jesus has accomplished for us, for our redemption. Having put on Christ, we are clothed with his righteousness, and have been delivered out of death, and brought into life. Amen. Let us pray. Stir up, we beseech thee, thy power, O Lord, and come, 
that by thy protection we may be rescued from the threatening peril of our sins, and saved by thy mighty deliverance, who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to join them today for the 10 a.m. worship service. Sunday school falls immediately after the divine service. And during the Advent midweeks, on Wednesday, we will have a Matins at 11 a.m. and a Vespers at 7 p.m. And we invite you to join us on those occasions as well. These broadcasts are provided to the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.